0: All right, so you can grab a Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 2, please. So we've been back and forth a little bit in this series in Galatians. Excuse me. We started in late spring, went into early summer. Then we went to Psalms for the summer. We picked up in Galatians a a few weeks ago. And uh, today will be the last one, is next week. Now begins Christmas season, Advent season. So Galatians. And so let me give you a quick outline of, of the beginning of Galatians, some of the things we've looked at and where it's going. So at the beginning of the book of Galatians, uh, written to the churches of Galatia, we see that they had received the gospel, they had heard it preached, but they were now departing from it. Um, in verse chapter 1, verses 6 through 10, we see this problem that's laid out here for us. False teachers had come in and they were distorting the Gospel they were changing it, and the churches then were turning to a different Gospel, which Paul says is no Gospel at all right if you don 't have the true gospel it 's not good news it 's not a true gospel it 's no gospel at all so then throughout chapters one and two we 've seen Paul kind of giving a defense for his ministry and his teaching and preaching he 's giving some of his testimony and here 's how I came to know the Gospel is from God, not from man. So he's kind of defending his ministry and the gospel that he had preached to them. And so today we're going to be in chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, and we'll learn more about the true gospel, what it actually is. So at the beginning of the book, he says the gospel is distorted. He doesn't really say uh, what the gospel is. He's kind of giving a defense of how he got the gospel, and now he's going to give us uh, a statement and the true gospel we'll learn is the declaration of justification by faith. And so then after we'll continue looking at uh, uh, end of chapter two, end of chapter three, we'll continue looking at uh, expanding on the gospel and looking at the crucifixion of Christ, the work of Christ for our salvation. And so the context as we come to verses 15 and 16 here is to have a right understanding of the gospel, right? It had been distorted in the region of Galatia, and so Paul wants to give give them and us a right understanding of the gospel. And so it's applicable for us here today at Pine Grove. Uh, this is one of the things we want, we as pastors and elders want you to keep growing in and learning of our understanding of this salvation that God has given us, and a big part of that is this doctrine of justification. Don't be scared away by that. We need to know, uh, have good doctrine, because our salvation rests upon it, right? Not on us knowing all the theological terms and, and definitions, but, but having an understanding of this good theology, and so here Pine Grove, there's nothing bad that's happened, not, not false teachers that are prevalent that we're wrestling with, right? It's not because anything bad is happening, we just want to continue growing and maturing in our faith and our understanding of the gospel and this great salvation that God has given us. So hopefully today will help with that. Uh, in 16, verse 16, we'll get a clear, straightforward statement of the gospel. This will be the first time in the book of Galatians that we hear about justification, now then we hear about the law, and we hear of faith. And so this, verse 16, is one of the most significant statements of truth for our faith. It's not the only place in the Bible we hear about this. We hear about it many other places, but here's a, it's going to be a nice straightforward um, statement for us to consider and to uh, put in our minds. And so this is one that uh, many Christians and many churches and many denominations uh, don 't get right they grasp uh, they, they don 't have a good grasp on it they don 't believe it and so again, we want this for you. we want you to know it to understand it to, to believe it, and to live it out. These truths of the gospel in your life so it 's crucial for us in understanding our our salvation and so if you 've come to Pine Grove from a different background or if you're visiting and you've come from a background that's more rules-oriented, follow this, don't do this, or you're not right with God, this is a good message for you this morning. These are important truths and important verses for you to to know. So let them sink in. Let them penetrate your your mind and heart this morning. So again, you see the title of this message this morning is Justified by Faith. If you've been around Pine Grove for a little while here, you've heard this before, all right, we talked about it on Sunday morning. neighbor small groups, youth group, right? Because it's important. It's really important for us to grasp what justification is in our lives because it's crucial to our salvation. And so uh, hopefully we'll gain understanding of that this morning. So let me pray, and then we'll walk with you. Father God, we do want to continue learning and growing in our walk with you. We want to continue growing in our understanding of this great salvation that you've given us. And so, God, help us this morning to uh, hear the preaching of your word, to see how it applies to us, and to be really grateful and thankful for this great salvation. So help us grow in thankfulness for it this morning. Uh, may you be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Here's what it says. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So the first thing we'll see here this morning, Ian, is there something to do here that's not advancing? All right, that was the introduction. You got that next one? Let's see if I can do it. Oh, there you go. See, now we're fighting. There you go. I think it's working now, Again, yeah. Thanks. All right, the true gospel. The true gospel. So we see here, again, the true gospel is justification by faith. Paul lays it out here. Again, he's going to continue expanding on it in the, the verses ahead. But the doctrine of justification has been distorted here in this region of Galatia by the certain Jews uh, carried over into the churches to where they were being misled and uh, by these false teachers. Paul had previously gone through this region and preached the gospel to them. So the assumption is that they've heard this message of justification by faith, but now there's, they're, they're going off track, right? They're straying from it. And so the question of justification, the question that it addresses is, how do I become right with God? How do I become right with God? It's a legitimate question, right? He knew he wasn't, after has been around since Adam sinned in the garden, right? He knew he wasn't, after he sinned, he knew he wasn't right with God. He tried to find a way to get back to be right with God, right? Made coverings, tried to clothe, try to hide. He's trying to find a way to get right with God. So every person, is, every person who's aware of their sin has to wrestle with this Question. How do I get right with God? And it happens even to this day. And so the problem isn't that there's not a clear answer. That's not the problem. Right? God has made it clear to us in His Word. But this question of how do I become right with God is an issue for a couple reasons. First, one that we see here is because of false teachers. Right? False teachers that come into the region of Galatia. And we have false teachers around today, right? We have uh, circles and even denominations that would not teach the, true, the truth of the doctrine of justification. And so that's one reason why it's an, still an issue, even though it's, God is clear in it. The second is because we struggle to believe that it could actually be true, right? It just doesn't make sense, right? that God would declare us to be righteous, right with him, because we know our sin. So we have a hard time believing what God says through the Apostle Paul regarding this, regarding justification. And so if we were to script it, we probably wouldn't have come up with it this way. We'd have done something different. And so the true gospel is justification by faith. And so we want to understand what that is and what that means. So to understand justification, you first must understand your need, right? In order to have a right standing with God, you need to have perfect righteousness. That's our our need to stand before a holy God, right? God is holy, and therefore every person is in need of complete holiness, complete righteousness, in order to stand before God, in order to be right with God. So once we know that that's our need, then comes the knowledge of sin, right? We know. The sin that we have, we'll consider the law in a little bit here, but one of the purposes of the law throughout the Old Testament was to reveal sin, to make it known, right? So you can look at the law, you can say, I know I don't measure up, therefore I have a need, right? This, this need for righteousness is, is greater. It's being shown because of our sin. So we have to understand sin rightly. We have to understand that one sin, as we mentioned with the kids, one sin keeps us from God, right? One sin is enough. So we have to understand the the consequence, the weight of our sin rightly in order to understand justification. Then there's understanding of the consequence of sin, right? What is the consequence of sin? Death, separation from God, death, and condemnation, right? We saying earlier, no condemnation, now I dread, right? Well, that's through Christ. There's no condemnation, right? But sin brings about death. It brings about condemnation, guilt, and punishment. Right? And then we need to understand Jesus' work to save sinners. Right? He gave himself for you. He died for sins. He rose again. And then the Holy Spirit applies that work of Christ to us, to individuals bringing about justification, bringing about a right standing with God. And so this is the true gospel. Now, when you are sharing the gospel with others, when you are telling them about Christ, are you required to use the word justification or justified? Well, no, but do you need the concept, right? The consequence of their sin. They need to know that there's a way to be justified, to be made, declared right before God. And so the concept is needed. So when you're sharing the gospel with people, do they need to hear about the death and resurrection of Christ? Absolutely. But why? Because they need justification. They need to be justified, right? So this question of how do I become right with God? So let me give you a further explanation now of justification. What is it? What is justification? Well, justification is God declaring you right righteous. God declaring you righteous. That's the need that we have, right? We see this throughout Scripture. We'll see it here, Jew and Gentile, right? Everyone is in need of this. We need a right standing with God, right? And this justification is God declaring you right with him, God declaring you to be right in your relating to Him, in relationship with Him. And so, of course, as we talked about, why are we not? It's because of sin, right? Sin prevents this being right with God. It brings about death and condemnation. And so as we think about justification, standing rightly before God, condemnation then is the opposite, right? Justification, condemnation. They're opposites. You are either justified before God or you are under condemnation. There's no middle ground. There's no in-between. There's no maybe working it through. That's one or the other. Either you are under condemnation because of sin, or God has declared you righteous in his sight. Right? Two options. And so in justification, God declares you right, righteous, and condemnation then is removed. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's this exchange of records, right, of legal records records so your credit of condemnation is given to Christ on the cross his record of perfect righteousness is given to you it's credited to you there's an exchange that takes place right and so then in justification sinners are pardoned right in justification the guilty are acquitted in a legal sense In justification, sinful people are accepted by a holy God. And all these things are true of you if you are in Christ Jesus through faith. If this is true of you, if you're in Christ, these are true of you. Your sins are completely forgiven. You have spiritual life. You are fully accepted, fully accepted by God. He sees you as his own. You are loved by God. You are dearly loved child. So if that's all true, how important is it for us to understand justification? Right? How, so we see this need. So then, what is the means of justification? How does it come? How is it that God can declare you righteous? You know your sin, right? In spite of your sin, how can God declare you righteous? What is the avenue for this transaction of Records credited to take place. We see first here in these verses that it's not by works of the law. It's not by works of the law. Look at verse sixteen. Paul says, "Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law." Right. So he starts with we. Yet we know who is this we? Well, go back to verse fifteen. We ourselves, he says, are Jews. By birth are not Gentile sinners. We. All right? We Jewish people. Now, if you look in your Bible, some will uh, indicate that this, uh, from verse uh, 14, that this statement that Paul is making here when he's talking to Cephas before them all will continue all the way through the end of the chapter. Some versions will end it at verse 14 and then 15 starts the commentary, I'll say. Paul's commentary on it, okay? Which way is it? I don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. It's not too critical. Either way, the we there, are just talking about the Jewish people, right? So Paul, um, well, again, okay, so Jewish and Gentile. I'm not going to go too much into it. We heard it recently from Pastor Jeremy. Jewish people had the Old Testament law, right? God's people, God's chosen people with the law. Gentiles were all other uh, nationalities without God's law, all right? And so there's the, the difference when we get into the law, the Jewish people. But Paul says here, we, we, the Jewish people. So that includes Paul, right? It includes Peter and Barnabas, who we just talked about in the previous paragraph. Whether he's talking to them directly still or making commentary on it, they're included in this, right? And so he says, we, we, the Jewish people, know That justification doesn't come through the law, right? How do they know? Well, the Jewish people have been breaking God's law for hundreds of years before this, right? They had God's law. They tried to live according to it, and yet they knew they couldn't keep it, right? The law revealed their sin to them more and more and more all the time as they recognized that they couldn't keep it. They had experience with breaking God's law. (laughs) They had experience with knowing that it wasn't justifying them, making them right before God. All of their efforts to keep the law in order to become right with God did not and could not work. It couldn't bring about their justification. Look ahead to verse 21. Paul says, I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law... Then Christ died for no purpose if righteousness was through the law. But they knew it wasn't. They knew it didn't work. They knew it couldn't bring about their right, complete right standing before a holy God. Righteousness can be earned, worked for through the law, not through good works. In fact, Romans chapter 3, verse 20 tells us that by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. So there it is. The law revealed the sinfulness of man, right? Put a spotlight on it. You don't measure up. Here's a here you can see it clearly in the law, right? Now again, Paul, if you remember Paul 3, we don't had good works according to the law, right? Think back to Philippians chapter 3. We don't have to turn there. Right? He lists out all his credentials of righteousness according to the law. So basically what Paul was saying in Philippians chapter 3 was, if anyone has righteousness by the law, it's me. Right? I was born in the right family. I did the right things. I went to the right school. I did all the right actions. And yet we know that the law doesn't justify. Right? Paul knew that. He knew he had more righteousness. If righteousness was by the law, he knew he would be the foremost, right? He'd be right at the front of the line with God. But he knew it wasn't. All those good works of righteousness according to law weren't enough to be right with God. It wasn't the credit of perfect righteousness that he needed. So in fact, let's look at the end of verse 16. It says this, by works of the law, who? who will be justified by works of the law? Maybe a few people. Is that what it says?? Right. Maybe those from certain church backgrounds, right? Maybe those who are good enough. No, no, no. No one. No one. By works of the law, no one, not even Jews, not Gentiles not those who are good people. No one is justified by works of the law. It's not your work. It's not enough. Right? Well, that creates a problem, doesn't it? If we can't be justified by works of the law, by our own good works, by how we live and how we act and how kind we try to be most of the time, Right? Then what is it? How does it come? How do you become right with God? Well, it's through faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Right? Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but how are you justified? Through faith in Jesus Christ. That's how it comes. Justification is God's work through his gift of faith that he has given to you. Believe romans chapter three verse twenty eight says this for we hold we believe that one person is, well, a person is justified by faith apart from works of the law. so what is faith right? that 's the means of being made declared right with God through faith. what is faith? Well faith is looking to the person of Jesus Christ. Faith is believing and trusting in christ 's work of salvation that in his death. In his resurrection, he paid for every bit of your sin. He took away all your condemnation. He made you right with God. Faith says, I am totally dependent on the work of Christ. And God's justifying me. God's declaring me to be righteous, even though I'm completely unworthy in myself. I'm a lawbreaker. I know my sin. And yet, I trust Christ completely to, to... that the work he did was totally sufficient to pay for all my sin and make me right with God. It's staking your whole life, your whole eternity, on the person of Christ and Christ alone. So justification is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's not faith plus the law. It's not faith plus good works. It's not I have faith, but I'm going to try to fill in the gaps with my good works and my good deeds. It's not faith and living a reasonably acceptable life. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. That's it. That's how you are justified before a perfect holy God. There's no reliance on any work of your own. Not one. Not one bit. Is totally on Christ. Faith unites you to Christ. He is your justification. He is your salvation. Look at the, and even Paul and the Jewish brothers knew this, right? They knew it. Look at the middle of verse 16. He says, we also, we, that's the we, that's the Jewish brothers, the Jewish people, we also have believed in Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ. This is all by the grace of God. This is the grace that we sang about before. Grace that is greater than all my sin. This is what we need. Justification is from Christ. Justification is by Christ. It's through Christ. It comes to you through faith in Christ. It's all of Christ, every bit of it. It's none of you. It's none of your effort. It's none of your striving. It's none of your good works outweighing your bad. It's all of Christ. And so it's faith, it's looking to Christ and Christ alone to be right with God. But there are temptations in this idea of justification, some temptations to be aware of. First, you may be tempted to view the law as a bad thing, right? Well, if the law doesn't bring about righteousness, then it must not be worth anything. It must be bad, right? Romans chapter 7, verse 7 says, What shall we say then? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. Right? And so the law isn't the problem. In fact, I think it's later in uh, Romans 7 we read that the law is holy. Right? The law is holy. It's good. It's not a bad law. It's good. But the problem isn't the law. The problem is us. It's our sinfulness, right? It's the evil desires within us that can't fully live perfect before God. The problem is us. The law was never intended to justify, right? Don't look at God and say, God, why did you give the law when we can't even do it? That's not, that's not the right question. That wasn't the purpose of the law. It wasn't given so that you could be justified before God. The law was given so that you could see your justification come to Christ. The law is to lead you to Christ, That's our justification. It's in Christ. That's the purpose of the law. It's not just to beat you over the head, but it's a means of grace to show you that you can't do this on your own. You can't come rightly to God on your own, in your own good works. That's what the law does. It's a means of grace to show you that so you can actually look to Christ and look to God's salvation in him. So the law is good. We should view God's law as a good gift from God to serve His purposes, to bring us to Himself through His Son. Second area of temptation, justification. Where are we at? We're ahead on the PowerPoint. Sorry. Whatever. It's in there. Maybe I don't have it up there. That's why. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. All right, so justification. Temptation could be viewing the law as a bad thing. Second thing is that justification, this idea of understanding of justification, could lead to lawlessness. Lawlessness. So we can't look at the fact that you are justified. I'm right before God, so I can do whatever I want. That's the idea, right? That could be a temptation for us. You can't look at that and say, well, it's okay if I sin, because God has made me right with him through Christ. All right? Romans chapter 6 says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? In other words, just because you are saved, just because you've been declared righteous doesn't mean you live a life of sin. Any sin, right? Not only a lifestyle of sin, but don't give in to any sin just because you're justified, you're declared right. Don't use that as, as an excuse. So that could be a temptation. I don't think those are the biggest temptations for us, though. I think this is the biggest one for us. The greatest temptation for us regarding this idea of justification is unbelief. It's unbelief. We just don't believe that it could be true. Believe, right? You probably wouldn't say that, right? You probably wouldn't say, I don't believe it. But how do you live? Do you live like that? Do you live like that? We're tempted to seek justification in our good works, in our works of the law, right? We know Christ. We believe Christ. But we still know our sins, so we got to gotta, gotta work because, yeah, there's Jesus, but I don't know if he's really enough, right? I still have sin. What do I do with that? How do I make up for the sin that remains in my life? I guess better try harder. Better try to be kinder I better try to get rid of this anger right I better try to serve people well because that will help me to have a right standing with God. I think that's our biggest temptation here right We know our sin, so what do we do to earn back this acceptance of God right Maybe if I stay busy enough with good things then I can be right with God maybe if I pray or read my Bible enough, that'll do it for me, right? Maybe if I can just keep my anger somewhere under control, maybe then I'll be good enough for God to accept me, truly accept me, right? What is all that? Well, it's seeking to feel justified through works of the law, right? We know our sin. We want to feel right with God, so i got to do something so I can feel good, so I can pat myself on the back and say, y- you're okay. right? Instead of looking to Christ, seeing him as our justification. So how does that play out for you? How does that play out for you? What ways are you tempted to seek justification through works? Right? Amen. Is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ not sufficient to save sinners? Do you really feel you need to add to his work? That's unbelief, right? The death and resurrection of Christ, his work, is what allows God to be able to justify you, to declare you righteous through faith, to declare you acceptable to him. Right? With no hindrance in between. Right? It's not you're close, but you still got work to do to get all the way here. No, no, no. Christ brings you all the way to God. All the way. Right? He's sufficient. His work was sufficient. It's done. So it's not based on your work. It's based on the work of Christ. An all-sufficient Savior who shed his blood as he bore your sin, as he took the condemnation, as he took the wrath, he paid it all so that you can come freely. Freely, not in any good works of your own, but through the work of Christ, through faith in him. So if that's true, if justification is not any of our good works, but all of Christ, then why do we work? Why do we work? Why do we attempt to to live righteously? Turn, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12. This will be a familiar verse for most of you. So let's turn there and look. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12, verse 1. This is still Paul speaking. By the way, Paul speaks of justification by faith a lot. The beginning of Romans is all about it. Go to Romans chapter 3 later today and read through it. But then he comes to chapter 12, verse 1 here. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, and which is able to God. So you're giving yourself to God, right, In works. You're, you're offering yourself. Why? Which is your spiritual worship. So why do we work now that we are justified? Because it's worship. We live rightly before God because it's, our act of worship, it's our act of sacrifice, it's our act of devotion to God our Father who has lovingly saved us and justified us. We work, we follow God's law, we follow God's command, we obey his word as a response of worship. This is your worshipful response to being justified, to being declared righteous. And if we understand justification that we're completely declared righteous, we are credited in that way before God, we have freedom then to worship him in freedom. <laughs> we have, we're free to do that. There's nothing hindering that. We don't have to be fearful that we'll do it wrong. We don't have to question whether it's enough. We can do it freely. We worship God wholeheartedly. So you are to worship. You are to worship God in every aspect of your life. But here's the thing. It's up on the screen. We're so tempted to look to our good works as the means the avenue of our justification rather than the outcome or result of justification. Right? This is the temptation we talked about before. We gotta do something. Right? So we look to good works to be justified rather than because we are justified. That's our temptation. You must first understand, look to your justified status before God that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And then, because of that, you respond in good works. You respond in worship. This is your loving response to all that God has done. This is your demonstration of thankfulness and gratefulness to God and to work to his glory. So we worship in good work, not to become right with God, but because he has already made us right with him. He's already declared it to be true through faith in Christ. So as we wrap up here, I want to give you some points to ponder, things to to think about. There's about five of them or so here I want to give you. So first, do you look to Christ's work first and then let your righteousness flow from that? Or, Do you do all that you can in works of righteousness, putting in all your good effort and then hope that Christ's work can fill in the gaps where you've left off? Which way is it? In what ways do you look to your own goodness for your justification, for your right standing before God? Think of it this way. If you took all of your good works, all of your righteousness that's in you, and you laid it all aside, it was taken away, it wasn't there anymore. Every good work, every good deed that you've done is gone. It's not there anymore. Would there be enough left for you to be saved? The answer is yes, because of Christ. But do you believe it, and do you live it? Right? Do you have Jesus Christ? Are you united to him in faith, or aren't you? That's the question of our justification. Are you trusting completely in Christ's work on your behalf? Right? So we should, the, the doctrine of justification should bring rest in our lives. It should bring peace, right? The Bible talks about having peace with God, right? Being at peace because we understand that we are justified, that we are declared righteous before God, right? There's no work left for that. Don't work for your justification. Not even a little bit. Right? Do good works because you love God, but don't do it to try to be right with God. Right? And then any bit of righteousness that you see in your life, that you recognize in yourself, give glory to God because it's His work. It's not yours. Right? Give glory to God for it. Okay, second thing to think about. Paul here states that we Jews are justified by faith. We Jews. Okay, how about us? How about we church attenders? How about we Pine Grove attenders? We must not rely on our church attendance. We must not rely on the faith of our parents. We must not rely on the service that we give in the church to others. Those Works don't justify. We too must be justified by faith in Jesus Christ because no one will be justified by works of the law. So look to Christ. Third, if you have been saved, if you are justified, then worship God. Right? Worship God. Give yourself to him. All of you, every bit of your life should be worshiped unto God. Right? Don't hold back. Worship with zeal. Worship with passion. Worship with energy. Give yourself to him. Not just when we come Sunday morning, right, when we should sing loudly and we should fellowship with one another with great joy. That's true. But lay down your life for him. Give yourself to him. When you're at work, how do you worship God at work? I'm not talking about singing. I'm talking about living. How do you live your life to worship God at work and at home and at school and at the grocery store? And when you're doing your hobbies, right, live worshipfully. Give yourself to him. Understand all that he has done for you and declaring you're completely right before him, right? And so worship God. Fourth, we have to consider what do we do with our sin, right? Because even though we've been justified, we still have sin in our lives, right? The temptation comes, we give into it, right? So a believer, somebody who is, truly has faith in Christ, even if they sin, does not lose their justification. They don't lose their right standing with God. So what do we do with it? What do you do with your sin? Well, you take it to the cross. Right? You see that the price has been paid. You see that the righteousness of Christ has been credited to your account. Right? You're clean before God, so you confess it. You turn from it, you repent of it, and you live freely. Right? You live freely. You live freely. So, this doctrine of justification should allow us to live in great freedom and joy in our lives. Last, don't carry shame. Don't carry shame. If you've come to faith in Christ, you are justified. God has declared you to be righteous in His sight, God has declared you to be right with Him, nothing hinders anymore. It's not a question. So don't carry shame from your past sin. Right? Your story, your life of faith shows forth the gospel. So all that sin, whatever it was before you came to faith in Christ, before God declared you right with Him, it's gone. It's done away with, but it's still part of your story, but you don't have to carry the shame of it anymore. Christ is taken away. I'm free in Christ. Right? Don't carry that shame. That shame will uh, be a load to bear. Don't carry it. Let it go. Right? You're right before God. Let it go. Don't carry it. Praise God for his work, his gospel work in your life. And let your life, let the, the gospel shine forth in your life. I was in sin, and then God came and did a work, and so now I live freely and rightly before God to glorify him. That's the story. Let your life be that story. Let your life shine. Let the gospel shine through your story. So don't carry the shame frame your past. All right, let's pray, and we'll close up. Father God, again, we want to know Christ more and more. Help these truths of your words sink into our minds and our hearts. Help us to believe them more. God, help us in our unbelief that we would truly lay aside the shame, that we would lay aside the burden that we'd see ourselves rightly before you, that you have declared us to be righteous through faith in Christ. And so it'll help us to cling all the more tightly to Christ more and more, not because it's in our effort, but because that's our salvation. We need Christ. So God, thank you that Christ has done the work, that we don't have works of the law anymore. It won't work to bring us rightly before you, but Christ has done all the work. God, help us to worship you with our lives as we know these things, and as we believe them. Help us, to live us, help us to live them out in great freedom and joy. And may it be to the glory of your name. So glory to you, God, in all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. charge this morning is this. Come to God through faith in Jesus Christ. Look to his all-sufficient work on your behalf and rest in the justification that God provides. May the Lord bless you who have been justified by faith that you may have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week of thanksgiving.